0: Hey, Adam. Yo. You could play this.
1: I could. But wouldn't you rather do this? I would. Mm. Peter, you could play this. Mm. Yeah. But wouldn't you rather play this? Mm. I think so. Yeah, me
0: too. Hey, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> you could play like this. A messian? <laughs> I'm making a messian of it. Yeah. But wouldn't you rather do it like this?
1: Hmm. You know, I think I would. Hmm. And that's a good choice. It's your choice. It's corny. It's a corny video. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the Layer podcast. Music advice coming at you. It's your decision to listen to this podcast. And, and it's, it's a, a good, good decision. Good decision. <laughs> it's a very Peter's good decision. Peter's making fun of me. If you don't know, Peter's no, making fun of uh, one of my videos that just came out. Thank you, Peter, for, for grounding me to the earth. Well,
0: congrats on the million millions now we can say we're getting into the millions of views of that that would be the heart melter uh video that you have lovingly presented to the world check it out on youtube shorts instagram shorts talk check it out over on the talk how do you get there tiktok.com what's happening with that (laughs) yeah
1: you go to www.tiktok.com it's a great video
0: really based around triads political cadences beautiful sounding piano uh beautiful sounding voice congrats man
1: Thank you. you. know, And that video is based on all of some some like uh, good ideas to play with chords. Yeah. And today's episode of the You'll Hear podcast is yes. all about maybe some things not to do when yes. you're playing chords and maybe some ways that you can can up your chord game.
0: That's right. And I think it's important for us to remember sometimes folks chafe a little bit or brussel at things they like... They do brussel. They uh, brussel, especially if they're in Bruxelles, Brussels, Belgium. Big shout out to Belgium. Thanks for uh, the beer and the chocolates. <laughs> we love. Sometimes I, I got I to tell the story about the $26 Belgian beer you tricked me into having. I that know the time. story. That I was, was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, so we're calling this three biggest chord mistakes. And I know a lot of people are like, why is that so negative? I want to know what I should be doing instead of what I shouldn't be doing. You know, because a lot of folks are like, I already know how to play bad. Tell me how to play good. But I use this in my practice all the time. I think it's it's an important sort of overall framework that we can use in thinking about what we don't want to do. So, like, mistakes we don't want to make to guide us towards the promised land of what we do. And I think chords being potentially such a kind of esoteric area in terms of, like, one-handed voicings, two-handed voicings. Are we comping behind? Are we playing three zones and all these different sort of questions is a perfect sort of place to look at this.
1: Yeah, and and if mistakes makes you brussel, if thinking about it (laughs) that negatively makes you brussel, just consider this as like some boundaries to put on your practice, even, just to get some new ideas. But I do think that these three things are common ways that especially... These three
0: things, (laughs) short and simple. These are common
1: ways that beginners and intermediate players can kind of get stuck in their chords, and there are other options for, I think, the sounds you're getting at. And let's get right into number one, Peter. So the first big mistake mistake that you might make with your chord that's very pretty yeah this sounds like a sounds like a studio Ghibli movie <laughs> it sounds like The Legend of Zelda should we check this out can we see this can we see a visual look at that There it is. key of, at, now okay key of C we've got some flack about key of C <laughs> right we don't have any other options so <laughs> well, it's we all do be, you could
0: put it in the key of D but I mean, that we would could, be but we're just adding we're to the key signature. this is an atonal situation so but basically we've got look at the keyboard at the bottom if, if you don't like the top so I've got a D major 7 root position. So you might say, oh, the first big mistake is that it's root position. But root position is not always bad. No. Or at least not not only root position, but building off of the root. As we'll talk about later. Is that two different things? That is two different things. Yes, I root think position. so. position. Okay. Yeah. But the idea is here that we're going to take this, which is fine. Like, there's a world where that left-handed voicing works nicely, yes. even with the root on the bottom, in this uh, kind of alto, tenor, tenor-ish range. Yeah. But what we don't want to do is boom, da, 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 where everything old. is just
1: stacked on top of each other double, taking away the power and the beauty. Yeah, if you are, and you know, in certain situations, obviously this works great as orchestration. However, if you're playing, you know, jazz piano, and you're playing like a two-five-one in the key of D major, and you do this, right? Yeah. You do big stacked seventh chords. Nothing sounds sounds stage band like that. Every, I'm just doubling like this by itself. is yeah. fine. But to double what you're doing there,
0: yeah, not great. So, this is not like the double mint, uh, commercial, twice twice as, twice as nice.
1: What you can do with this, is, no, it's not. Don't double your pleasure. It doesn't double your fun. What you can do with this is to take some of the notes, which is what you did in the intro. Yeah. Take some of the notes that are here, and you can move it up the octave. So the C here, right? The C, it's yeah. right in the middle. We can take that up an octave even just that here. Now yep. this is a uh, we'll, we'll call this an A flat major 7, yep. right, just for our purposes today. But just that up an octave. Right, right that C, we got a whole new thing, right? We got a whole whole different kind of chord. And then don't forget that like if you're playing an A flat major 7 chord in the key of A flat here, yeah. you have all of the other Extensions, right? Maybe this, right? And that's look. you start starting
0: to think, oh, you must be doubling something. You're not. Nothing. These are doubled. still additive. No, and think about how strong. So that was the last voicing you played there, right? Yeah. So it's like a like a A flat major seven six nine. That's right. right. Yeah. Um. Now we're gonna. Add, I'm just gonna add one doubling note. That's the original third. Like yeah. some people might be like, oh, that sounds pretty good, but. So much weaker, and I mean weaker. That's it's it's all subjective, but I think that this has such a more interesting. You wouldn't think it would make that much difference, but this has such more ethereal kind of modern sound. I don't know what would you call that.
1: Well, in general, yeah, it, it is a little slicker, a little more angular, a little more modern, and it doesn't mean again that you can never double notes or that you should never double the third specifically, but doubling the thirds and the sevenths can especially if you have other notes in there, it can be very thick. What it does right. is like, it thickens out the, the, um, the overtone series enough that it actually starts to cancel and thin out the, the sound yeah. of the chord. Uh, now there are exceptions like... Very Harris chords, but notice that these are very low, and there's only thirds and sevenths yes. doubled here, right? That's it. There's it's that no com- other thing. If you put a bunch of other stuff in here, yeah. it gets very murky to the point where it just doesn't mean anything. Right, right, right. Know? So the the doubling of the thirds and sevenths should be done in very like think particular circumstances.
0: Yeah, and then other things that we don't have as one of our official core mistakes that people will think about, and you know, sometimes we talk about these are like A flat major. Okay, if you're going to leave something out. Like, what do we leave out? The fifth is probably something safe to kind of leave out. And so you might be like, you know, you might be like, well, why do you have the fifth so prominent instead of doubling the third? And why does that work? We're looking at these kind of like inner shapes, that C minor triad, all those force up there, the nice open fifth. So it's never just like one thing that makes or breaks it. These are guidelines. But I think that once you start to hear the difference, between them and the, the pros and cons, sometimes for different situations, it can really open up things.
1: And then when you're not doubling the thirds and you're not, and especially when you're not just, you know, ham fisting, yeah. kind of double whatever. When you do start doubling notes, it becomes a choice, an artistic choice to bring them out. And, and it's then, not a good choice. It's, it's a great <laughs> choice. but Because you, you can do things like um, like this. Right? So this has double notes, yep. right? But look what's double. So here's a C major nine chord right yeah i've got c e b d g d so our nine here is doubled but this actually makes it pop like so there there we could do this or we could do this yeah but if we want that nine on top now we have it filled up listen to the difference between having the nine doubled or having the third doubled. yeah this is corny somehow yeah i don't know why but this is cornier that is glassier. Yeah. That cuts better, and it and it it sort of highlights the notes that we want to highlight in the chord. Interesting though, like if you do that, that was your last one. Yeah. It's,
0: but we do have the third in a little corny. But look, move that top ninth down. A little better,
1: right? Oh yeah. Well now you're. It is a little better. Yeah. The yeah even though we're of still it doubling is a little the little better. third. Yeah. yeah.
0: Still not as strong. I don't think as this. Agreed. Like when you double the third, or double the fifth, or double the root—any of those primary, especially with like a major seven, major six nine thing—like that's gonna bring, it's gonna, it's gonna bring prominence to one of those, in this case thirds, in a way that you might might not want. Now, if that's sort of the melody, like, and you're doing some kind of inner thing, then then you would want that. But like, there's that, and then there's
1: like, like that screaming but, out. Yeah, I mean, you can hear the difference even just took away the third here that's with double thirds how much crystal clear more crystal clear is that and that's not jumping
0: out as much as when you're doubling it
1: because of that octave like when you
0: have an octave or a double octave that top note of that octave especially if it's sort of a one three five one of those is going to really jump out yeah true and kind of be a little bit uh
1: incongruent sometimes i think is what it is our next big mistake might be a revelation especially for like players that have been playing a long time and especially if you grew up Sort of when we grew up, and yeah. when we grew up, there was a lot of pianists who were teaching that you should never play rooted voicings, especially when there's a bass player involved. Right. And if you look at the evidence of the greatest piano players in history, it just doesn't add up. Oscar Peterson. Roots on his voicings a lot of the times. Witten Kelly. Roots on his voicing a lot of the times. Not all the time. Red Garland. Root, definitely roots on his voicing. Bud Frederick Powell. Frederick Chopin. Roots like crazy. <laughs> Bud Powell, Thelonious Monk, Hank right. Jones. Like... McCoy Tyner you name them there is roots going on all over the place yep you know all, all it's a big part of it so you know it's I, like
0: understanding what they sound like when they work how they're going to affect the music and this is bass player or no bass player we're bass saying. player
1: or no bass player it actually doesn't matter what you don't want to do is to really like walk up you don't want to walk a bass line when you have a bass player right you don't want to you don't want to sustain big double yeah. octaves on a big piano But, like, Peter, let's play a C blues here. Okay. You want me to walk? I'm going to do a chorus without roots, and then I'm going to do a chorus with roots. You want me to walk? You walk a a bass line. One, two, three, and... (laughs) This is no roots on my chords. It's going to sound good. And it's a good good. (laughs) All right, I'm going to add roots and let me know if this bothers you. does it not bother me i enjoy it it's good right it fills out the chord it's hard actually harder to hear on the road sound you try peter you try it rootless first sound great like you you need to have both is the point Uh, there's there's been this sort of myth that you can never have roots on your chord when there's a bass player that you should only be playing rootless voicings when there's a bass player right and it's just not true and in fact it just sounds so good to a lot of times especially in this baritone region to add roots to your voicing it just there's this sound and then there's this sound yeah And if you're on an acoustic piano especially, you are not going to be able to overpower a bass player unless you're really banging hard with double octaves way down low. That baritone region played with dynamics. Yeah. Even down here, you know, you're going to be fine, man. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And I mean, really... What about a combination? That's kind of where the magic. Well, that's what actually happens. That I mean, we're not advocating for never playing rootless voicings right. at all. That don't don't make that mistake because they are extremely handy. But that's not the only story, right? That's not the only thing that we can do. We can yeah, we can definitely tell a story with some lower voicings with roots on them. It fills out the chord. It just makes your chords a little bit punchier. I highly recommend listening to players like Hank Jones, like Bud Powell, and what they, and Thelonious Monk, and what they yeah. do with Roots, uh, and many, many others. McCoy Tyner.
0: Yeah. And when you're going root, 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 especially with solo piano, where you can kind of uh, control this a little bit more, once you go rootless, that can be a really special moment, right? Totally. Like, that can be a kind of dramatic thing, and that's why it's like, you know, or even comping when there's a bass player. I think there's a lot of sort of register or or melodic, you know, content derived stuff that w- reasons why you would leave the roof for a second and then come back as part of your dramatic
1: kind of chordal story. Yeah, and don't be worried if if you're overlapping with the bass player even now, because they have a different, whole different timbre than we do, right? So they are a lot bigger of a of a sub bass sound than we have, unless you're on. If you, the only caveat here is if you are on uh, a keyboard with a bad piano sound and a big amp, and you've got the bass cranked on the amp, you can be annoyingly Covering right. up the it bass. Right, it starts
0: to kind of yeah. Leave on top, so
1: just be be conscious of what you're doing. Make sure to always play with dynamics. If you're on acoustic piano, you're you're almost certainly good to go as long as you're number listening. one. Listen, that's right. that's right. All right, our third biggest mistake for chords. Okay, so this is what I demonstrated in the
0: beginning. This is not using voice leading. So the, the most obvious manifestation of that is we're jumping around all over the place, not for kind of dramatic flair types of reasons, which there may be a time to do that, but we're doing it because we only know certain voicings in, in certain, um, you know, the permutations we're limited. So in other words, if I go F sharp minor here, and then I'm like B7, And maybe I only know this voicing, which actually would work pretty good. But for some reason, maybe I jump up here to the B7 sharp 9 flat 13 because that's where I think it'll sound good. And that is a good voicing. But not after that. Unless I just want it to be a little bit of a random jumbled thing. So it's like using voice leading where it takes us to some uncomfortable places, maybe with our hands, but some comfortable places in terms of tension, resolution, drama
1: within the voicing. And you could even... You could take it one step further and say it's a mistake not to use melodies with your yes. voicings, with your comping. Right. So, and not just on top. I mean, top is the most obvious in, the, but in your entry anywhere, really, yep. But you anywhere, really, you can use melodies. I mean, I, you know, when you're doing it right, every voice that yeah, you're playing should exactly. be its own melody. Exactly. That's a, a tall order for most people. But even if you just start, I mean, think about the way like someone like Emmett Cohen comps. Yep. There's melodies happening all the time when he's comping, when he's playing chords. So, you could, like, I think where most people sit, Peter, is if we do another C blues, if you want to walk a bass line yeah. for me. They, uh-huh. So, this is where most people sit, right? They have a, a voicing with the root on top. Nothing wrong with this. This is, a sa- this is a great sound, right? It's your sound. It's a great sound. Oh, he's making fun of <laughs> you. But, like, making melodies... Just with chords too, but putting single note lines in there. Not in the bass, Peter. Not Sorry, in the bass. What are you doing? I'm excited. let We're not. Is, we keep, Peter keeps playing melodies while I'm trying to demonstrate it. Uh, that's right. Let's do a C blues, and this is what you might typically hear when you're just kind of stuck on the one voicing without any melodic content. One, two, three, and there's nothing wrong with this again. This is a sound. These little melodies here just staying within one place. It's a decision. It's your decision. It's a, it's a good, good decision. It's a good decision. But you could also do things like add melodic content. Have to be just with chords; it can be actual melodies. Again, I'm comping; I'm hearing an imaginary solo. We'll call
0: that solo snuffleupagus.
1: So all of those things, just letting your, at least at first, letting even just that top voice sort of dictate a yeah. melody to you can be just a really fun practice to add to your to, to your practice schedule for comping. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean there's there's there's
0: ways to to think about, you know, we don't have to go too deep into this, but this hopefully just to get some of you kind of thinking next level as you're practicing, even like so if we're in C like if we go 36251, you know just that you know, all those kind yeah. of melodic things on top, but you can also think about
1: um those like, little l- melodies.
0: Yeah, but remember you mentioned at the beginning of, like, ideally, all vo- uh, all voices being melodies. So if we say, have six-note voicing like this... Uh. It is a tall order to think about each one independently, like resolving and becoming its own thing. But a little trick on this is like, just take three and three, for instance. You could do two and two as well, but we'll go three and three. So there's E minor seven, uh, what is it, E minor 11 kind of thing. Um, and then I'm just thinking about these as triads. That's a G, D triad. So like what triad could I go to for A? And what, you
1: know, for A7. Right. It gives you, it, it naturally gives you voice leading when you think about it.
0: Yeah, it because not you don't want every note, note to, to move. So if we go E minor to C minor in the left hand, D major in the right hand, to B flat minor, and then maybe do, uh, you know, C major and D minor, and then, yeah, exactly. So that's like,
1: that kind of a thing. Love that root on there too, buddy.
0: Then we're not making two mistakes at the same time. That's right.
1: So you know, happy I, Halloween by happy the way. Happy Halloween. <laughs> okay. We, so again, um, if the mis- if the word mistake is bristling, you just consider these uh, a little bit of of guardrails for your practice time, so that you're trying new things and just know there are other ways to do it besides just doubling every note in a chord. There are other ways to do it besides only using rootless voicings, and there are other ways to do it besides just being as close as possible with no melodic content. You can practice, you know. That sounds great <laughs> you can practice all of these other ways to come i think we should leave it here i think the ghosts have been they've Happy Halloween, y'all yeah. a week a week late
0: <laughs> oh spooky Ooh. spooky till next time you'll
1: hear it <laughs>